Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you this morning. Anybody else watch the tennis last night? Has your adrenaline come down yet? Mine is still feeling pretty high. If you haven't seen it, watch the highlights. Unbelievable. Extraordinary story. I mean, 18. She earned two and a half million dollars yesterday. Take up tennis. How many of you um, have either read the book or seen, I think, the film of Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? You, you familiar with that at all? It's a pretty weird story. Pretty, it's kind of out there, pretty surreal. There's one scene in it where Alice, who's kind of like the title character, is talking with the Cheshire Cat, and the scene goes like this. Alice says, would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go? The cat says, that depends on where you want to go to. I don't much care, then it doesn't matter which way you go. That's true, isn't it? If you don't care what your life becomes like, do what you want. You don't need to worry about how you're building life. But if we do care about the people we're becoming, then the choices we make matter. Many of us here in the room or online are followers of Jesus. We've said yes to becoming more like Jesus. And we're doing our very best to center our lives on him. If you're someone here who's not yet said yes to Jesus, you're incredibly welcome. And I hope that what we share helps kind of like that, that continuation of that story in your life. So think back a couple of years. We all had different parts of our life, right? And I'm representing them by these boxes. So. You may have had a job, or you were thinking about work in some way. You may have been studying, or there's, that, or there's always that learning dynamic in our lives. Yeah, we're always trying to kind of learn some stuff. There is family and friends. Hopefully you've got some of both. If not, you're in a good place, because church is family. Um, money. You may have had some resources, you might not, you might have been thinking, you know, you might have been studying right now and thinking, well, what career am I going to have in the future and how am I going to put some, you know, bread on the table? Um, there's, the, for many of us, our church involvement, okay, and that, that would have looked different for us, that sort of um, commitment part of our lives. And then what I'm calling discipleship, our spiritual life with Jesus, how we're going on in life with him. And this is an exhaustive list, but there was, there was these kind of parts of our lives, right? COVID, which is obviously a blue football. And what happened, and I hope this works, I haven't practiced this. <laughs> Life got disrupted, right? So I need to go and pick these up now. <laughs> so someone can help pass them to me. In the area of work, you know, Lots have had to change. Um, you know, many people have lost jobs or had to change jobs. Or I'm talking to a number of young people thinking, well, what is there for me in the future? And so we need to kind of reset that area of life in some way. Um, study. Where's the study one? Underneath. Thank you. <laughs> this last year and a half has been incredibly disruptive for young adults, teens, children, homeschooling, that's disruptive for parents as well, right? Graduation ceremonies cancelled, all of that kind of stuff. So that's an area that needs resetting. 
Um, family. That's on the table already. You know, again, the homeschooling thing was massive, wasn't it? And friendships have become hugely disruptive. You know, do you remember that time where you couldn't go out? It's sort of like, now, now we're playing this kind of like, can I hug you? Can I not hug you? It's massively disruptive on relationships. Finance. Money. You know, for some, this season has been good, okay, and for others, incredibly challenging. Uh, church life. Mass- you see, I, I actually quite like people. And so being in a room like this, I come alive. There, there was a, US, a survey of U.S. church-going people a few months ago. What they found was that 50% of people who were active, committed members of church had had no engagement with online church. 50%. Disruption. And where's my last one? Our spiritual life. You know, I don't know, some people have done really well in this season. A lot of people have really struggled because of the disruption of connection and the impact, because we're designed to do life with Jesus in the middle of community. Okay, so somehow we need to reset these things, right? And not going back to what we did before, because I'm hoping that there are some um, choices that we're making in order to reset in wiser ways. But we all have choices as to how we're going to reset these things. So if you have a Bible with you, could you turn to the book of Nehemiah? Because Nehemiah is a book in the Old Testament which has a huge amount of wisdom for us in the, in the area of resetting life. And what I'm going to do today is just give an overview of the story, put it into some context. So the people of Israel, they had been invaded and a whole bunch of them had been carried off into exile in Babylon. Huge disruption. And I'm just going to pick out a few verses today. So in the middle of, uh, towards the beginning of chapter 1, Nehemiah gets this report, verses 3 and 4, the report, they said to me, those who survived the exile um, back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Disruption. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. Anyone cried this last year? You know, for us, I, I think back to, I think it's the beginning of June when we had a lament service. Powerful moments, because we celebrate and we lament at the same time. And we hold, it's really important to acknowledge the pain and the disruption. Flick on to chapter 2, because what Nehemiah does, he, he prays with an incredible prayer. And we'll look at this in the coming weeks. Chapter 2, Nehemiah was somebody who worked for the king. One day, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. If you know the story of Nehemiah, he goes back to Jerusalem, and he resets the stones, and he builds the city, and he builds the walls back again. For most of us, I believe this next season is about resetting. The question is, how? If we don't care which way our life goes, like Alice, then just reset these boxes randomly. And the boundaries within each of these areas, just, you know, go wild. If you don't care. But if we do care about what we're becoming, we're going to reset carefully and prayerfully. And as God leads us. And there is an opportunity 
almost like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in some areas of our lives to reset in this season. So we might reset our work life and some of the boundaries. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, I'm resetting, I was working a 70-hour week and it's coming down to 60. And I thought, there's probably still a ways to go, but God bless you. You know, there's a resetting in that area of life. Maybe resetting study. A whole lot of people are going back to school and college and changing schools and all of that kind of stuff. It's a reset moment. Resetting family life. What is that going to look like for you? What are your friendships going to look like going forward? Resetting finances. You know, what are you going to spend in this new season? What are you going to give? A lot of people have got out of the habit of giving. If that's you, it's a reset moment. Resetting our involvement with church community. You know, we've been speaking about kids before coffee. We're resetting. If you've got out of the habit of reading the Bible, prayer, small group, it's time to reset. Now, this does not mean that COVID has gone away. It hasn't. But I believe it's a season where we can be personally resetting and resetting as a church. So, what we're going to do over these next two or three months is dig into the story of Nehemiah and get some wisdom from it. Things like, you know, where do we start? How do we start? How do we overcome challenges? How do we best serve people in need? How do we fight for a better future? There's some incredible wisdom in this book that I'm, I think we're going to be really blessed by. So that's going to run over the next two or three months on Sundays. And we're going to have some simple materials for small groups that are, that are freely available in parallel to that. But before going on with the story and before sharing some other stuff that I'm going to share today because it's Vision Sunday today, I'm going to divert. We are passionate about helping children and young people to reset in this season. So we're going to share some exciting news and then release our young people to their groups. So Dave, over to you, my friend. Oh, my phone. All right, good. Hello. All right, I've come to welcome two people to the stage. So could Greta and Lois come and join me? Give these guys a welcome. Go on. Brilliant. Come and join us. And uh, yeah, yeah. These two lovely people are going to be joining our team, which is very exciting. So I want to give you a quick interview, and then we're going to pray for you guys. So. Um, my first question, we'll start with Greta, and then we'll move to Lois, all right? So, uh, who are you, and why are you here? Go on. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Good morning. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Uh, my name is Greta. I'm originally from Hungary, but I've been living in the UK in the past 20 years, almost. And um, I'm doing my um, uh, studying back home in Budapest, which is the, uh, the Baptist Theology Academy, so I'm studying theology, and I'm doing my, um, my practical year, my placement in this church, hopefully this year. This is my fourth year, the final year. Brilliant, thank you. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That's good. And so, so what are you going to be doing here? Where are you going to be serving? Right. Um, uh, hopefully, I'm going to lead on Tuesdays the Busy Bees, and then being part of the children and youth ministry as a support, being the support team. So, yeah. Wonderful. Brilliant. And what are you hoping to, um, from God in this time, or what are you excited about? Well, I'm hoping um, um, to see lives impacted, not just by the spiritual ministry, but um, by the um, practical application. By that, I mean um, 
um, living out my prayers in action and uh, serve church who are the people. Brilliant, thank you. Okay, and we'll come to you, Lois. The same questions, okay. So who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? Um, I'm Lois. I'm from Kent, which isn't as exciting as Hungary. Um, and I'm studying theology as well, but I'm doing that at an English university um, up in London. St. Melitus, for those of you who, who might know it. That's cool. <laughs> All right, good. And what are you going to be doing here? Uh, working with youth. Great, yeah. So Lois is going to be helping us out. Yeah. All things youth, great. And then what are you excited to see in this next season? Similarly, like to see just the changes that God makes in people's lives, watching that develop. So I'm here for three years, so that's... <laughs> <I guess that. laughs> yeah, so it's a long time to like, see everything change, I guess. Yeah, and obviously the camps. Um, yeah. Lois did come away with us to Dreaming the Impossible this summer. Was, it wasn't uh, camping. Which a I baptism was of fire, wasn't it, really? <laughs> it's good. Five days of yes. being with our youth and everything was good. All right. Well, we'd love to pray for you guys. So... If you are on our youth and kids teams or if you uh, are passionate about that or you want to come and pray for these guys, we're going to kind of step down here um, to just come and gather, yeah, wear a mask and kind of come stand around these guys a little bit distance and we'd love just to pray for you guys. So, so come, come forward if you want to pray. If you, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, so come, Holy Spirit. Would you come and fill these guys up? We thank you that they've said yes to what you've got for their lives. And God, would you bless them and anoint them right now. Give them all power. And Lord, I pray that you give them aptitude for learning in this season. And Lord, I pray that they'd just be able to soak it up, everything that you have for them. Yeah, we bless them to receive your gifts and your, your anointing right now. Yeah, come. Andy, do you want to pray as well? Yeah. 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 Lord, we're grateful for the passion that you put into Greta and Lois's heart for the next generation. And I pray that you would catalyze incredible things amongst our children and young people. Mm. You'd see what Jesus is calling them to do and call it out. Yeah. You'd speak prophetically. You'd speak with grace and kindness, with power. And I pray that this this season ahead would be transformative in your lives. Mm. First and foremost, it's like you're the project. Jesus has got his hands on you because he wants to change and transform your lives. And so we pray that every good thing, Jesus, that you have for Greta and Lois, that you would bring it about Mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. And just as these guys go and sit down, yeah, give a round of applause. Just wanted to say thank you um, because... We put out a word, you know, a few weeks back, calling for our, our youth and kids teams, and we had about 30 vacancies on team, and that a lot of people responded. So thank you so much if you've been part of responding to that. We've got our groups working today. We're going to have our young people coming out of us now for some breakfast, which is really fun. Uh, we have still got about 10 vacancies, but it's come down from 30 to about 10, which is amazing. So if you could be one of those final 10 people who can, you know, join the team, then do think about that. Do come and talk to us. We'd love to have you be part of our kids and youth ministry in this season as well so thank you and uh, if you are under 18 in here and you want to come for some breakfast you can join us through there we'll sorry we're going yeah so if you're over 18 i'm really sorry <laughs> dave thank you great job my friend so carrying on we talked about resetting. What is the point of resetting in other words why looking at the story of nehemiah why did he rebuild the walls 
Because there's a bigger story going on here as you look at his story. Nehemiah, along with the other Jewish people that he found in Jerusalem, they, they were in exile. And Nehemiah returned to Jerusalem, and with the people there, he reset the broken walls. And the question is, is why? Just so they would be more comfortable, you know, build some swimming pools, you know, nice houses. Why did they do it? Well, if you read on in the story, you come to Nehemiah 7 to 11, chapter 7 to 11. And what you will find is once the city was rebuilt and safe, many others were able to return home. In other words, those who reset the city did not do it for themselves. They reset for the people who were not there yet. That's why they did it. That's what Christians do. Followers of Jesus prefer others. They serve rather than be served. And so as a church, we exist for those who are not here yet. That, that's just having a Jesus-like attitude. Now, can I just share a very practical example? Masks. Okay. Some people are asking, you know, why are we still asking people to wear them when we gather, you know, because it can be more difficult to interact. I don't personally find it comfortable, probably not alone. They're not mandatory anymore, so why? Often the first question that we ask is, what's best for me? That's often, as humans, that's the first question that we ask. I want to suggest today that there is a much, much better question to ask. And the better question is this. It's the question that a disciple asks. It's not what's best for me, but what's best for somebody else. That's the question that a follower of Jesus asks. What's best for those with underlying health conditions? What's best, you know, there is at least one person in our church community going through chemotherapy right now. What's best for them? What's best for those people that are older than me? What's best for those who are nervous or have lost confidence of gathering over the last 18 months? Can I suggest what's best? Wear one of these. Do you get my point? We make a sacrifice for the sake of others. And that's what we'll find in this story of Nehemiah. And that attitude is embedded in our vision statement as a church. What I've put on the chairs today is one of these little postcards. I would love you to grab that and to take that with you today if you don't have one of these at home. Our vision as a church in a nutshell is summarized this way. Worship God, love others, be Jesus in the world. And I want to just share some things with us today that we just sense the Lord saying to us as a church community for the year ahead. As I've said, Vision Sunday, I'm just going to share a few things. Firstly, worship God. For us, that speaks about a life that is surrendered to Jesus, that is lived for Him, that is empowered by His Spirit. And so, you know, gathering like we've done today, it's beautiful today, isn't it? There's just something about the presence of Jesus as we worship together. Um, that's just amazing. And our small groups are wonderful starting places. If you've got out of the habit of Sundays, reset. If you're not regularly part of a small group, it's time to reset. 
Let me just mention a couple of things. Our, our worship life, our, our musical song worship is precious to us in the vineyard. And I just want to say I'm incredibly grateful to people like Ash and Kathy and Tim and Emilio and Tatiani who have led us with incredible skill and, and passion um, and gifting over this last year or so. And one of the things that you may have noticed and that I've noticed is they have mentored and coached a whole bunch of our young worship leaders. So people like Zizi and Manny and Toro, and we are incredibly grateful for them and for those that have helped lead them. And let me just say, Sundays are not designed to be the deepest worship spaces in our church life. We have limited time. Some of you will have fought your kids into the car this morning, kind of wrestled them into a car seat. There are deeper spaces, and one of the things that we're working on this year is worship nights, space where we can go deeper, so look out for those. The other thing I wanted to mention is that we are incredibly blessed in this church by people with theological skill, people who can help us go deeper in the Bible. Again, Sundays are not designed to be the deepest places biblically in our church life, and that is intentional, but there are places to go deeper couple very quickly. Firstly, Rick Williams is again leading a Bible day this coming November, um, going into the book of Jonah. It's more than a guy and a whale. It's a really important story. Bookings are now open online, and we'll talk more about that. And then over four Wednesday evenings, October, November, January, and February, uh, Steve Berry, who welcomed you on Car Park today, is going to be unpacking some of the mysteries of the Gospel of Mark. And again, you can sign up for that. So that's worshiping God, loving others. One of the things that I love about church is that it is a family, but not just any kind of family. It is a, it is a family where diversity is brought together into a new humanity possible through what Jesus has done. And so I love the diversity that Jesus has brought together in our church. Just have a look around. Where else on earth would you find this? It's one of the beauties of church. One of the beauties of church. Now, there are some things that build family. Serving on a team builds family. None of us like being in a family gathering, do you, when there's that grumpy person sat in the chair who won't lift a finger? That's not how families work. Families work by serving one another. And small groups are incredibly important, finding a group of people that we can do life together with. Now, a few months ago, some of us were praying about this year ahead, and one of the things we felt the Lord say to us, a little phrase, the power of three. The power of three. Now, that, you can read that in lots of different ways. Here's just one way. One of the things that we want to encourage this year is tri-groups. Simply groups of three people, or four if you can't count, of the same gender who meet regularly to share life, to share what the Lord is saying to them, and to pray together. And you may have heard, I think Hannington shared some of this back in the summer. Hannington has been pressing into this with some of the men in men's ministry, and I chatted to him a week or so ago. It's been really encouraging. Tri-groups have worked online in this season. They've worked with people meeting up for coffee or going for walks in a park. Um, we're going to share more about this soon, um, just some ways that we can help one another to find two other people, but you don't have to wait till then. You could look around now and find two people and think, I reckon I could ask them. And you could do that today. You could start the journey today. 
So that's the second area. The third area, be Jesus in the world. We're a family with a purpose. We exist for those people who are not here yet. Okay? So if you see an empty chair in front of you now, that's okay. Pray for it. Pray that somebody that doesn't know Jesus would be sat there next Sunday. That's a top prayer. Give you that one for free. Let me just share a couple of things with us. Do you remember, for those that were around, January 2020, we had Big News Sunday. And one of the things that we shared was about Riverside Vineyard becoming one church many places and our plans to launch a new site of this church in Staines uh, with Dave and Beth as site pastors. And then what happened was that COVID rudely interrupted. And it was pretty rude. We remain convinced that the Lord has spoken. We believe that Staines needs a church like Riverside Vineyard. Statistically, 93% of that area don't know Jesus yet. And we want to be a part of creating space for people who aren't here yet. There are many people in this church who live in that area. So we are there already. We're not moving into the area. We are there already. At the same time, Dave and Beth have added youth ministry oversight to children's and families ministry oversight. And so they're doing a phenomenal job. But I hope you can understand that their bandwidth for something more, there isn't any. The bandwidth is consumed. But at the same time, we feel like the time for stains is now. So we've been praying and thinking and like, what can we do? Long story short, two or three months ago, Sunday afternoon, I, this is Beth and my lovely wife, sat on the front row here, and I, and I said to her, I think we should do this, talking about stains. We should do this. And Beth said, that's really crazy, but the Lord has said exactly the same thing to me. So, the crazy plan is that Beth and I are going to serve as acting site pastors for Staines, in order to catalyze and do what we can to encourage and support and serve those in the Staines area to do what Jesus has put in their hearts to do. So this does feel a bit crazy, but in the language of last week's talk, we're going to have a try. We're going to have a try. We're not going to be starting Sundays straight away. We need to reset momentum in the area of small groups and outreach gatherings and prayer. But that's what we're going to do. If you want to find out more about that, two ways to do it. You can email stains at riversidevineyard.com or there is a page on our website which is cunningly riversidevineyard.com slash stains. A whole lot of our branding budget went into that this year. We, we agonized over slash stains. You can find out more there. Just to be clear, Bethan and I are going to continue serving as senior pastors of this church, so we'll still be around, don't worry. Um, or you might just say, oh, shame, but we'll leave that to you. The Feltham site, we believe, is in really good hands. Um, Rob and Kathy are continuing to serve as Feltham site pastors, and the slide will come up. There is a wonderful team of service pastors that they serve alongside, so we are incredibly grateful to what the Lord has put in place. 
And I've all just mentioned, you know, that some of you will have heard the talk last week from Jordan Seng. If you haven't, go on. It was an incredibly powerful talk. He spoke about having a try. Having a try. And here is a short video of some people that are having a try. The purpose of a harbour for boats is to provide a calm place away from the stormy seas that surround it. Our goal at the Harbour Project is to provide that calm place for people away from their stormy seas of life, using the Vineyard Cafe space to invite local community groups to use it, particularly to support the mental health of our neighbours in Hounslow and Felton. We started the project in April 2021, but because of high COVID levels, it's been a slow development. We'd love volunteers to come and join us to help to provide hospitality and connection to those local groups. You can... <laughs> so that's Peter and Judy, who are sat at the back here. They're having a try. The Lord has put vision in their hearts, and they've said, we're going to give it a go. And I, I've just loved, I've come in here a couple of times recently, and there are just community groups coming in here and using the space already. And this is really alongside um, our house ministry. Um, but also, you remember a few months ago, we spoke about um, plans to develop a new compassion center um, in the area of um, debt support and job club. Um, that the, the work to get those in place is ongoing in the background, and we're hoping to get that launch soon. But again, these things are providing a place where people can come and be safe and be served and find hope and find life and find Jesus for themselves. So these are exciting things for us. Here's another thing just to kind of put on the map. 31st of October this year, Halloween is a Sunday. And so we're going to run something called Try Church Sunday. Try Church Sunday. Just a very simple way. There's going to be a light party for kids. Uh, there's going to be baptisms that morning. What we're going to do, we're going to prepare invite cards for the start of October. Just a very simple thing that all of us can take hold of and use as a way of inviting somebody to come with us to church, to give it a try. Okay? And you know the win is in the inviting, whether the person turns up or not. Okay? So we, we just want to encourage us all and equip us all to have a try. Because remember, we exist for people who aren't here yet. People who are just waiting for an invitation. Last thing. As we reset, the question that I just want to throw out into the room at this point is this. What is Jesus asking you to try? In this season, what is Jesus asking you to try? What has the Lord put into your heart? And I simply want to encourage you have a try. Just have a try. New things, whether they are in our church community or in the wider community, so often mean that we just need to grow in a little bit of leadership, leading into those spaces. So again, some simple building blocks that we have in this church. Riverside Vineyard Essentials is coming up in October. Leadership Essentials in November. Don't necessarily try have a try, but three simple building blocks that I would just love to encourage you towards because we want to empower and equip and support and encourage and see what the Lord is doing in your life. Would you have a try? Do you have a, I think this is part of the reset moment that we have a try.
Amen.